This episode is dedicated to the memory of Norm MacDonald. Well, enough is enough, and it's time for a change! Good afternoon, good evening, depending on when you're listening and where you're listening. Regardless, thank you for listening. The show is NXT Talk. The hosts, I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by Matt. Bonjour! How is everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. Boris, what is this, take six? Take seven on this show? We're cursed right now, homeboy. What is going on? Power went down a couple times last night trying to record it, so we just punted to this morning. Power went down again this morning, but I think we're back. I think we're good here. We got the equipment going. Boris, we might be able to stretch an hour straight of electricity and get this show on the road. What is going on? <laughs> just cursed, haunted. These Bruce Pritchard vibes haunting NXT all over the place, buddy. It's as if someone doesn't want us to record. <laughs> and that somebody is Vince McMahon himself. By God. Anyway, man, it's it's an exciting time for NXT. You can uh, There are criticisms to be had about this show. Uh, from the look to the booking, everything. This is a brand new NXT, buddy. It surely is a brand new NXT. It's it's insane how different this NXT is. But before we get there, let's tell you what we're going to be talking. We're going to be talking about NXT 2.0 from September 14th, 2021. And then we're going to be talking about NXT UK on NXT UK Corner, which, if you've never listened to the show, it is our favorite hour of WWE programming per week. And before we get to things, I want to welcome any non-patron listener because this week it is NXT talk that you get for free so welcome enjoy I hope you enjoy the show so that you can go sign up on patron that is patreon.com slash SNME radio tons of great stuff on the feed man we got a good team going here if i do say so myself shows every single day of all kinds you get not only wrestling but you get a little sports talk you get uh, dr mouth with his rock and roll lunches you get some trivia for magnu and all kinds of wrestling talk as well so yeah we got a good squad whole squad with it boris yeah man and, and you get at least one wrestling show per week or per day which is just absolutely fantastic Yes, sir. So, speaking of the professional wrestling, how do you feel about this Rainbow NXT, buddy? Grand <sighs> scheme, big picture. How you feeling right now? I, you know, it's kind of funny. You asked me last night. You asked me this morning. I, I, I might have to give you different answers. Really? You feeling a little worse this morning, maybe, now that you slept on it? I think so. Yeah. I, it's not, I wouldn't say worse, but it's more... Um, it feels like a Kevin Dunn production now. It feels very Bruce Prichardy, very Kevin Dunny. It very much is WWE. It's not the gritty offshoot that NXT has become. It's very similar to like 2010-11, the cheesiest version of WWE almost. Like yeah. pure, uncut, weapons-grade WWE yeah. booking. 
No, that's exactly it. And it's not it's not only the booking, it's just the production itself, the look and the feel, the camera angles, everything, everything to the do. The false advertising, Boris. Oh my god, the false advertising, but we're going to get there in a little bit, but it's just it's crazy when you think about um, you know, what NXT was when we started the show a year ago versus oh, what NXT 2.0 is now. We our first NXT Talk podcast was Halloween Havoc. And it was going head-to-head with AEW Dynamite. It was a Wednesday night war, Boris. We were talking about AEW Dynamite pretty regularly in our shows and kind of giving you the match and the promo of the night. And obviously that has changed greatly. And now what is NXT? What is what is even it going to be? It's developmental. At the end of the day, it's developmental. It's not going to be going up against AEW anymore, and that's been very obvious for the past little while. So, you know what? And 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 here's the thing. We've been talking about this for so long. What was NXT? Exactly. It kind of had, like, its own crisis, identity crisis, right? 100%. Yeah, man. It was in between. It was kind of uh, in between a rock and a hard place. It didn't quite know exactly what it wanted to be. At some point, it was the super indie that was, like, competing with, like, ROH and, like, trying to steal European talents and trying to trying to kind of serve all masters, right? And I do think, in a nutshell, the idea of streamlining the process and getting wrestlers that Vince McMahon will actually like and want to push is a good idea, but... Man, it's going to make for a weird and sometimes bad television show. Well, of course. There's no doubt about that. But, like, you know, it's kind of funny because, like, NXT 2013-2012, Renee Paquette as yes. your commentator. This is what this reminds me of. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. There are obviously, like, some some differences. But, yeah, man, by and large, I can definitely see that. And, uh we're going to we're going to see but more than anything i think the talent is going to be obviously what helps this show but i do think they are now hindered by the booking i don't think it's going to help certain things like frankie monet and raquel gonzalez not being on the show certain things like the the whole uh, opening match situation which made absolutely no sense we'll get into the finer points but yeah i feel like it's not going to be booked carefully on a month to month or like with big three-month takeover chunks anymore. It's going to be kind of slapdash, kind of thrown together based on what they want to achieve on that specific day. That's okay. I'm okay with this. Yeah, that I I I think it's a change worth noting, but that's not necessarily bad. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like like yeah, we're like as you said, it's worth noting because it needs to be talked about. I feel like as fans, as viewers, we should know, understand this, accept this. But in the grand scheme of things, it's developmental. Yeah, man. Like, from one second to the next, someone might be plucked. Exactly. So, yeah, if it is a AAA team, if it is an AHL team, that is kind of the way it goes. So, I I think it makes sense. But again, the problem is that as people who review this show, we now have to sit there for two hours every week and watch the uh, the resulting Kevin Dunn Attude, that that is coming here, buddy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. To say the least. How about we get right into stuff? But before we do, there's one piece of business we have to take care of. And as the young guns, because we are the young guns, because also on the Patreon feed you have the old fucks with Dan Lavransky and Joe Aguinaldo. So we are the young guns, and as the young guns, we like to change things up. We are done with star ratings every week. We have a rating de jour, a a rating system of the day. Yeah. We change it up every episode, 
And raising my glass right now to the great Norm McDonald. We're going to go Turd Ferguson's out of five this week, buddy. Ah, man, what a blow. I was actually almost like literally almost in tears at work when I heard that just because he's one of my heroes, one of the absolute greats. And it just came so out of nowhere. Just so shocking. Like it just floored me. And I'm still like I've been listening to Norm clips all morning. I'm still like rattled about it. No, it's crazy. It's crazy. But uh, without further ado, let's get into NXT 2.0. Rest in peace, Norm Macdonald. All right, so the show opens up with a hype reel for tonight's four or for that night's four way um, match to crown a new NXT champion. Because if you didn't know, on Sunday night, very randomly, yeah. Samoa Joe had quote unquote injuries, and he's going to be quote unquote away for a specific and unspecified, I should say, yes. amount of time. So, so he quick, had to give quickly. up his belt. Quickly, work injury or shoot injury? It's 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 shoot. Shoot injury? There's no like no like. Look, here's the thing. Yeah, I understand the 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 the, the want the need <laughs> to to shit on WWE for everything. Yes, but they're not gonna do this on a Sunday night before their biggest show. Well, I I would I think we're at the point officially where I would put nothing past WWE, nothing. I I think what you're saying is true in a nutshell. But with this specific company, I don't think you can. You know what I mean? You never know, man. They released like people who were in rest. Braun Strowman beat the boss's son at WrestleMania, and they released him. Daniel Bryan is on AEW. He was in the WrestleMania main event. Obviously, yeah, okay, Daniel Bryan wanted, went on his own. They court. wanted to keep him. They wanted to keep him. But it's just like stranger dang things have happened. Is is my point? But I think ultimately you're right. I think this is a shoot injury. I think Samoa Joe is actually here because it does literally make zero sense. Like just put Joe in this match if you want to change the title. Yeah. Yeah, or like a two-second match. Yeah, exactly. Given the Daniel Bryan treatment. Exactly right. Why not? Anyway. Anyways, so we get a Saturday night's main event opener with <laughs> all four guys. I really um, like these. These were good promos. They were good promos. So Tommaso Ciampa starts it off. He says he will forever be Mr. NXT, and the greatest love story in sports entertainment uh, gets a second chapter with him and Goldie. Pete Dunn says he's the baddest man in NXT and tonight he proves um, it uh, no matter who they put in front of it Kyle O'Reilly ha 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 shows up and he says this is the opportunity that everyone strives for and he's just one win away from achieving a goal 16 years in the making and then La Knight LA Knight says Samoa Joe is scared and it's his game his night and as he's talking he turns and he sees none other than Rex. Nope, nope, not Rex Steiner. Braun uh, Breaker. So the first, the first item of business today in NXT. They had a perfect name for young uh, Mr. Steiner here, Mr. Rex Steiner here, uh, and they changed Rex Steiner's name to Braun Breaker with two K's in the last name: B R O N B R E A K K E R. Braun Breaker. Yeah, they did. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. Man, Rex Steiner is such a perfect name for such a large number of reasons. Don't you want the association with his father? Exactly. And it, it's such a natural thing. Like, why wouldn't you want that? Why would you want to rewrite history arbitrarily it's for like no reason? It's like calling Brian Pillman Jr. 
Turd Ferguson. Exactly right, man. It's pretty much exactly right that with two G's in Ferguson. <laughs> like, it's insane. So, L.A. Knight, he's talking. Braun Breaker shows up. Braun Breaker wants a chance to prove himself tonight. So, you know, L.A. Knight accepts the challenge, even though he has a championship match later in the night. So, dumb for a number of reasons, but I can buy that L.A. Knight is a cocky heel who's, like, so full of himself that he just is completely looking past this clown, and he's like, I'll, I'll get a tune-up, I'll beat this young, young kid. I accept that, but... With what happens next, I think there needs to be a third step in the story that was not addressed or seen at all. So, at this moment, fine. And it's funny that you say that because something happened, but we'll get there soon. All right, so we get into the action. We are now in the new Capital Wrestling Center. The Rainbow Wrestling Center, it seems. It looks like a Memphis studio now. It's completely lit. You see the entire audience. A lot of things happening here. Uh, the color scheme, it's a little... Uh, I mean, do you think it's like it looks low rent is maybe the word? Like it's, I don't think it's coming across exactly the way they intend it to. I think it looks a lot smaller than I was expecting. Obviously, it's the Capital Wrestling Center. But by lighting it up like they are, you see... That it is really just a small little studio. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, it's just yeah. I, I don't know how do you feel. How do you feel about the general look? Do you think like low rent is the word that's coming to my mind? Do you think that's that's? Fair? I wouldn't say low rent, but for sure not what they expected for us. Or or maybe this studio feeling is exactly what they wanted, but we're not used to this because I will say this, listeners. We right after watching. NXT 2.0 episode one. We watched Ilya Dragunov versus um, Walter, but the director's cut from NXT UK. It was night and day. Night and day. And I, I don't want to say I prefer one or the other, but I do think like it just, it's not the same. It's not the same. And I wonder how this NXT branding is going to look if and when they ever do try to put takeovers back on the road. That's a separate conversation as to what happens to these takeover shows now. Will there still be takeovers? I would think so. It would be beyond idiotic to kill that brand. But if they have one or two bad takeovers, the brand's killed anyway. The entire pull of takeovers is that consistently they've been the best wrestling shows in the ring over the past five years or more. They just have, man. And that's kind of slipped a little bit, but they still do always deliver. You're always going to get a great match or two. Some would say they stand and deliver. <laughs> Boris, by God. All right, so match number one, Braun Breaker with two Ks versus LA Knight. All right, what did you think of this match? I thought it was pretty good for what it was. It was brief, and I really like Rex Steiner. I refuse to call him Braun Breaker. I won't do it. You can't make me. No, I'll definitely get on that. But yeah, it was it wasn't very long, but uh, Braun Breaker looked pretty good, and he pins LA Knight clean, Boris, with the old Goldberg-style gorilla press into a catching body slam. I actually really like that move. I buy it as a finish. It looks pretty devastating. But three minutes and 50 seconds... Man pins L.A. Knight, who will be in your main event. Yep. Yep. So, <laughs> if I was Braun Breaker, and I get this win via power slam, call it what you want, it's a power slam. Um, Fair. I would get on a mic and say, I just beat you. 
William Regal put me in the match. Absolutely. Shoot, brother, brother. Go take the mic yourself. Make it a real uh, NXT 2.0 here. But uh, no, obviously that's ridiculous. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's pretty bad that he beats a guy who's in the main event and it's just not even addressed further. And, and as we'll see, they shoehorn another random goof into the main event. Why? It makes no sense. Why not just put... Bronson Breakerton or Bronch Bronman or whatever the frig you're calling this guy. Just put him in the match. I don't understand why it had to be LA Knight. It could have been anyone else in the roster. There is no shortage of heels. They could have beaten one of the guys in Legato. They could have been, like you said, literally anyone. Take that back. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Not Santos, but uh, hey, yeah, yeah, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry for suggesting such a lewd and uh, <laughs> terrible thing, Boris. But it, why was it someone from your main event? Maybe, here's my thing. Maybe they wanted the, pardon the pun, impact of, you know, this new guy beating a quote-unquote main eventer. Of course that's what they wanted, but... It's just very unsatisfying that the the goofball who lost in the opening match just shows up in the main event like nothing happened and nobody addresses it. And nobody on commentary, nobody backstage is like, hey, maybe we should put this Braun Breaker guy in this match instead. Like, that would be the logical thing in any sport or any piece of storytelling. Like, so let's just throw a dynamite right in there and just, like, see what happens so that all us fans can rampage all the way to town. Uh, yeah, you see what I did? I, I, I see what you did there. That was pretty good. Two times. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just think this is the kind of thing that like... Uh, yeah, all publicity is good publicity and it gets the people talking. But this is the kind of thing that makes people turn off your show but, and go, yeah. that's stupid. I'm watching something else. We're talking about it, but we're nitpicking. Dude, we've been talking about this match longer than the match itself. Exactly right. So, yeah, we should probably move on from it. But, yeah, it was it was a bad and strange decision. Uh, in terms of a rating, I think I would go I would go as high as three Turd Ferguson's out of five. 60% above average. Good showing. You know, surprising result. I thought this was a proper little kickoff to NXT 2.0 and at this moment the story is still fine the story turns when LA Knight just shows up in the main event that's what makes it not fine at this moment we're still good yep uh, anyways so go to commercial back from commercial we see Braun Breaker 2Ks with other NXT 2.0 personalities whom, whom we don't know but I like this, yeah. right? It's like all the rookies are happy, and at this point, I turn to Matt, and I say, wouldn't it be cool if we got NXT 2.0 versus NXT 1.0? Brings us to our larger point, Boris. That would be cool, but you you made this point later in the show, and I'm going to steal it right from you right now. This is a PG Vince Russo show. It doesn't have the sexism. It doesn't have the racism. doesn't have kidnapping women. But it has a lot of these Russo elements. And you know what's a classic Russo trope? The young blood versus the old guys, Boris. I think we might be getting one of those. I think so. Like, 100%. I think this is what's going to happen. War Games is around the corner. Back out! <laughs> that would actually... I, I wouldn't mind that if they do pull that off. I think the War Games... Well, they've done two before. I think one War Games is for sure Hit Row versus Legato. Yeah. That, that's going to be in a War Games cage. I think that's set up. It's going to be pretty good. I I hope so. I hope so. With with the women in there? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. That would be kind of the twist on it, like a mixed war games match, you know? Interesting. Yeah. We'll get there in a second. All right. This leads us right into the second match of the night, which 
was Imperium, Fabian Aikner and Marcel Bartel versus Brooks Jensen and my boy, Josh Briggs. Brooks Jensen, our second of six debuts on this show. 20-year-old lad, just a young boy. Fre- 20 years old. 20 years 20 old, 20 years boys. old. That would, mean, years old. that would mean he was born in 01. That's insane. Crazy. But it's funny because like we were watching this kid, and until Wade Barrett, Vic Joseph, or Beth Phoenix mentioned that he was 20 years old, you would have had no idea. No, and then as soon as they mentioned it, you see it like in his face, kind of just, he's, he's got the baby face, like literally, he's a little, you'd see that he's a young lad. But yeah, he did well in this match. You know what impressed me, though, is Fabian Aikner and Marcel Barthel, Imperium. These guys are great, man. And especially being in there with somebody, two guys, as green as these guys, specifically the, the kid who was having his first wrestling match on TV, man. This was a, a, a very good performance by these just technicians. Exactly. It, it, this this was a fun little match. You know, there wasn't too much to, to this. It was an ass kicking at the end of the day. Um, you know, you know, and, and one thing I do want to note right now. Have you noticed how they are pairing NXT people who have been on NXT for a while with a rookie exactly. it kind of feels like nxt circa 2010 very interesting yeah pretty much all these matches eh, save one or two but yeah i agree with that very interesting man so yeah uh fabian aikner hits young brooks jensen with an avalanche butterfly suplex at three minutes and 57 seconds and gets the duke this was also pretty pretty standard uh wrestling fair i would give it a slightly above average rating because imperium are so great and the kid looked pretty good good you know so we're gonna go three turd ferguson's boris out of five 60 it's a c in canada buddy all right and then we jump into a promo with hit row and just last week i was saying hit row shouldn't do live promos hit row needs to do pre-taped in the studio literally in a studio promos and this is exactly what we got yeah and i think well Unfortunately, the reality is if they're going to be main event WWE stars, they have to cut 20-minute promos on the live like live on television in front of a crowd. It's ridiculous that that's a prerequisite, but it is. So I do think that they should cut live promos. You were right, though. They're better pre-taped, and this was very good. Yep. All right. Ashanti, the Adonis, is putting BFAB over because this tonight will be BFAB's first match in NXT. Uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott says she's going to give NXT 2.0 something to be big mad about. Top Dalla says, we think she's the baddest because she's a hottie, but really it's that she's trained with the best Olympians, champions. And then BFAB actually speaks for herself and she says the time for talk is over. Yep, I, I thought this was pretty good all around. Uh, uh, as per usual, Top Dollar is a highlight, but Ashanti's becoming a pretty good promo too, man. He did really well here. Yep. I and think it, it was his best moment probably in Hit Row so far. Ashanti. There we go. There we go. All right, this leads us to the next match, which was B-Fab versus Katrina Cortez. Katrina Cortez is the female luchadora who wears the mask and jobs out all the time. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> the jobber female luchador. Yep, I love it. All right, so this match was short, sweet, to the point. B-Fab controlled the entire match. Um, you know, <laughs> it's pretty bad. This is the issue yeah. with this analysis type of show. Exactly. Like These matches are so short. 
but but I think it's fine though. Like it, it just it requires a little bit of thought. You know what I mean? I think there are good squash matches and bad squash matches. We'll get into the finer points of a really good squash match later. This was a bad one. This was a terrible match. It only went a minute eighteen, so it wasn't like an affront to pro wrestling. This was pretty bad. But you know, it wasn't a front to pro wrestling. Qu'est-ce que Katrina Cortez is selling. Oh, uh, not not good. Not for you in these. Uh, 80 seconds. But here's the thing. In 80 seconds, you're trying to put someone over. You sell like a mofo. You yeah. like every shot that BFAB gives you should hurt. Yeah, I agree with that. Especially when it's going so short. And we didn't so see short. that. And we didn't see that. Like, like Katrina Cortez should have just been laid out. Should have been unconscious. You know, this should have been like the Ilya Dragunov putting the foot over Walter. <laughs> I believe I believe that would have been a good picture. Better than what we saw, yeah. So, yeah, a pretty bad squash match. B-Fab wins with a rude awakening reverse neckbreaker thing at 1 minute and 18 seconds. Uh, bad squash. We're going to go one turd Ferguson out of five. This made me think B-Fab is not ready. It's a pretty sizable fail. Oof. <laughs> wow. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, it's developmental. These people need to develop. But yeah, this was not not an inauspicious start for us. Not but great. But then it was my favorite moment of the night because BFAP goes on the, on the mic and she says, Senorita Secret Sauce, come out and then enter Legado del Fantasma. If you haven't listened to this show before, I am the Biggest legado, Mark. We have some hot takes on the show, but Boris's hottest take, his hottest take of all, is that Santos is better than Andrade El Idolo. One's fighting against an old guy, and another one is 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 is, is running the bingo. <laughs> he does run the bingo. I, I'm not saying Santos is bad. Andrade is clearly better. Andrade's match versus Pac last uh, Friday was better than anything Santos has done in his entire career. God Give bless Santos him. a chance; he'll prove you wrong. <laughs> Anyways. Legado del Fantasma comes out, but what I loved about this was Santos Escobar wasn't the focus, obviously. It was the newest member, yeah. Electra Lopez, a.k.a. Carmen Sandiego. Man, I thought I was so clever. I, I said that, you laughed. I was like, oh, she does look like Carmen Sandiego. I thought I was so clever, and then I go on the internet, and everybody's made that joke. So it was not a unique uh, uh, observation there, Boris. But you know what? I'm still patting myself on the back for that one. But this is the issue when we do a show way after the fact. <laughs> it's true, yeah. Anyways, Electra Lopez gets on the mic. Her and B-Fab are bickering. Um, <clears throat> Electra Lopez says this time she won't need a pipe to shut B-Fab's mouth. And for her part, the hit row woman says she's warm and ready and happy to do it right now. Electra seems game, but Santos Escobar holds her back and the two factions are bickering back. And forth. For it. Like I said, man, I think we're getting war games. I think we're getting a mixed war games match. Interesting. Very interesting. I wonder how that's going to work. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, quite. I, I think actually probably it works with, I don't know, the women coming in last. And I would think, you know, be it probably Electra Lopez. We've seen her body slam uh, men before. I think she'll just probably do a couple China spots and then B-Fab will make the save, you know? Yeah. All right, man. All right, so we go backstage. Cameron Grimes and Odyssey Jones are with Johnny Gargano. They're chatting. Someone knocks on the door. Lo and behold, it is none other than our lost boy, Austin Theory, who was back. I'm pretty surprised. I thought he was just gone. I thought he was just going to be on SmackDown in a couple weeks. Yep, and he says he ran away, but he wasn't going to miss Indy 
Hartwell's wedding and he brought someone because you cannot have a wedding without a priest and it was none other than Damien Priest. So a couple things. I think this is pretty clear that the way our baby faces now. I don't think there was an official turn, but somewhere down the line a couple weeks ago, I think they kind of flipped. And I think we can safely say, especially with Austin Theory coming back with all these baby faces, bringing in and endorsing another baby face from the main roster, I think it's pretty safe to say the way our good guys now. Good guy. I love that. I love that. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's true. All right. So um, another point I want to bring up. Yes. The fact that Damian Priest showed up. Pretty cool. I like this because I'm trying to be optimistic. Hey, I'm man. trying to like, you know, grasp. Shine, shine this apple up, buddy. Yeah. I'm trying to shine this apple up. And maybe possibly what we will see more of is this canon of a main roster and NXT and hopefully we can see some more main roster appearances in NXT. Yes, man. So ideally NXT would be, as you say, canon, much like your podcast, it's canonpodcast.com. <laughs> anyway, but uh yeah, so you'd think that like hopefully NXT things would matter on the main roster and would be in canon. And the things that happen on NXT would matter on the next night's SmackDown and previous, you know episodes and such but the thing is like what happens on smackdown doesn't matter on the next week smackdown a lot of times you know what i mean so that's the problem there's no continuity on the on the main roster let alone trying to rope nxt into it why do you burst my elbow <laughs> sometimes i just have a good line that i want to get in i like that smackdown joke in my head so i wanted to say it it's, but that's the thing but at the end of the day like even if we get an appearance or two i think that at least makes it legit for lack of a better term i can see that i can see where your head's at uh, we'd have to see more of it before i'm ready to say it's legit but this this was nice it was nice to see some uh, a callback and damian priest was one of the coolest and best baby faces that nxt ever had they actually didn't screw him up at all he might actually still be one of the coolest baby faces on the main roster they, right now they like, have he's a baby face yet. yeah that isn't an idiot exactly he's actually he's smart he's cool he gets wins he rarely if ever loses he lost like one tag team match i think right and he hasn't lost in a singles match yet on the main roster so yeah they're they're doing a really good job with damian priest it's one of the few success stories right now yep anyways johnny gargano points out that damian priest isn't a real priest and then priest just says eh I'm just here for the drinks. He grabs a drink from Cameron Grimes and then Gargano and Theory hug as we go to break. I like this. Uh, yeah, Cameron Grimes foot in the bill. It's an open bar celebration. Odyssey Jones was there too. This is a bit of fun. I like this a lot. I, I enjoy the fact that Odyssey Jones is mingling with NXT 1.0 guys. Yeah, exactly. He's kind of like, yeah, he's kind of one of those bridge guys in between the, the old era and the new fact regime. Yep. All right. Carmelo Hayes is coming out. And then it's time for a promo. He says he wants to get straight into it. Three weeks ago, he won the NXT breakout tournament. He's got all the momentum, and now he's got a target on his back. Moving forward to NXT 2.0, you're going to catch him off. You won't catch him off guard ever again. And then when he looks around, he realizes that at the end of the day, this is just a numbers game. So he called up his boy, Trick. Then Trick Williams, who is also in the ring with him, gets on the mic and he says he's about it. And Carmelo says, wherever he goes, Trick goes. When he eats, Trick eats. And when he gets put on, Trick gets put 
on. Trick says he's here for two reasons. He was born with the gift of the gab and the gift of the jab. And he's proud of Hayes for being the golden child of NXT, but he's got a bone to pick with him. He always walks his walk, talks his talk, and when he shoots, he does not miss. So who's this new humble mellow? Hayes says he's right. He's the golden child and the chosen one, and if he chooses to pass it, Trick will receive it. Trick says that's all it is, and that's all it's gonna be. So, a couple things here. A couple things to talk about. So, man, okay, first of all, was this a heel turn? Is this a is this a heel act now? That's literally where I was going with yeah, this. Yeah, I think this was a heel turn. I think this was Trick was like, "Hey, man, like you're you're actually like sick. Why are you pretending to be like this nice guy? That's not who you are." And I think Carmelo was like, uh, man, "Maybe you're right. I'm I'm still I'm still me, but you know." And I think this is they're they're at least leaning heel if this wasn't a straight up turn. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like it's very interesting. Like and it was very confusing because it's like you got this guy Carmelo Hayes. Um, I got my buddy, and then all of a sudden his buddy is, like, calling him out. Yeah, sort of. But, like, not, yeah, exactly. He could basically, like, called him out. Not in a punk way, but it was just like, hey, man, what's wrong with you? Like, what what's happening here, buddy? Like, this ain't you. So, I kind of I kind of like where this is going. I'm intrigued. Uh, I don't want to get on a big high horse here and make a big thing out of there, but, but a, a big criticism of AEW is that they don't push enough people of color, enough black wrestlers. I think NXT is making a point to push some people of color and some black wrestlers, and you love to see it. They're all talented and deserve to be there so great 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 um but do you think this is leading to a tag team match where carmelo cashes in on msk and they are the heel tag team versus a babyface msk for the tag team titles a thousand percent i think that's where this is going because i'm like all right the north american championship is like legado versus hit row yeah the the nxt championship we'll talk about in a little bit yes so, what's left? Yep, that's a that's a really good question. It is the tag team titles, and what are they going to do with them? And where is Melo going to fit into all of that? So, I, th- I think it's smart, man. Yep. All right. So, right after all this, Duke Hudson comes out. He cooled um, shoulders both men, and then Trick Williams gets in the ring, lays out Duke Hudson with a kick, and then Carmelo Hayes joins in on the beatdown. So, you know what? This might be the heel turn yeah. of Carmelo Hayes. It's strange because Duke himself is a heel. They should have brought out a baby face, I think, to really, you know, kind of force that point home. Because they beat up a heel. But I don't think Duke was... I, I don't know. It seemed like Duke was coming out for his own match. Like, it didn't seem like an interruption. And they just stuck around in the ring and beat the crap out of this guy. So, I don't know. It does seem like they're heel. I don't know if, they, if, it, if we got an official turn here or not. But I think at this moment, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams are to be treated and seen as heels. All right, let's move on to the next segment. JC Jane and Gigi Dolan are in a warehouse and they're talking to to dashing Mandy Rose, who's <laughs> off camera. Um, and, uh, you know, the camera pans back. Mandy's wearing the hood and we can't really see any details. Yeah, we see her a shot from the back, just a hooded figure, not unlike AJ Styles. Not unlike, yes. <laughs> exactly. All right, so Casey Canzaro, Caden Carter, they make their entrance as we go to break. Um, we get uh, the set being built for the index wedding, but more importantly, 
Let's go to the next match, which is Gigi Dolan and JC Jane versus Casey Canzaro and Caden Carter. Yeah, so this was your your new WWE influence. This is the Bruce Pritchard Kevin Dunn special here. Dumb bullshit match that is worth nothing that leads to a second match that starts during commercial that's also kind of bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. So in two minutes, uh this this tag team match is thrown out Boris when Brunette Mandy Rose runs in for the DQ. You mean Troy Stratus? Yes. It's so funny. I Mandy Rose, as a brunette, looks exactly like Trish Stratus did when she was a brunette. Yep. I don't understand it, but they look exactly alike. You know what the sad part is? Qu'est-ce que c'est? The biggest takeaway for me in this match was the beatdown of Kyle O'Reilly via Pete Dunne and Rich Holland. That happened in this segment. So again, a Russo special to the back we go where Kyle O'Reilly is being laid out and now Kyle O'Reilly will no longer be in the main event tonight, Boris. Yep. Yep. So, Casey Canzaro, Caden Carter, being beat down by Mandy Rose, um, Gigi Dolan, and JC Jane. We go to commercial. When we, back, when we get back from commercial, all of a sudden, very randomly, thank you, William Regal, apparently, we have a six-woman tag, Gigi Dolan, JC Jane, and Mandy Rose versus Casey Canzaro, Caden Carter, and Sarai. Yeah, I think Sarai ran in. Did she run in before the break to, uh, for the save? Yeah, yeah. Anyway. yeah. Right before the break. Yeah, yeah. So we now have a six-woman tag, a trios match, and it is Casey, Caden, and Sarai versus Hot Girl Autumn. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Thank you. All right. Um, what, are we, what, what can we say about this match? Yeah, it started in commercial. They actually went a long time. It went like eight to ten-ish minutes, especially factoring in the commercial. It was over ten. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was uh, strong for what it was. It was, you know, kind of like your your standard, like I said, like your standard Kevin Dunn-ish, uh, Bruce Prichard-ish WWE match. But, I mean, they, they, these girls are okay. They're, they're improving a lot in the ranks. Array is great. Uh, I think this is fine. It, exactly. I, I, you know what? I got to say, I really enjoyed this match in the grand scheme of things. Um, you know, it's it's developmental. We're seeing improvements. And it's kind of funny slash sad when Mandy Rose is your veteran. Yeah. And she was actually like, she was working pretty hard here. She looked pretty dang good. She won this match clean with a V trigger, Boris. A goddamn flying knee bomb she did. Wait, well, you can win matches with knees to the face? <laughs> oh, that's my biggest my biggest criticism of Kenny Omega is he hits 10 knee bombs per match that look like they should kill a man. Kill him dead, and it's just a near fall. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, man, this was actually kind of good. It, it, was at, it was at the very least there was nothing wrong with it. So, you know, I would, I would go, I would say it's probably pretty average WWE fair, but Mandy did look good. We're going to go two and a half, Turd Ferguson's. It's a Mendoza line match, 50% right on the border. I don't know. I would have given it more. That's just me, considering how much how we kind of, I wouldn't say praise the match, but. Mendoza lining in. Okay, sure. Why not? Anyways, we go back. Maybe maybe what we should do is the previous match was like one star, and this one was three. If you're going to combine it all, it's two and a half. How about that? Jesus Christ. (sighs) Baseball. Uh, (laughs) All right, we go backstage. Indy Hartwell is with her bridal party. Candice LeRae yells at a bridesmaid for wearing a beanie, Um, and then that's pretty much it. Yeah. uh, Humor. 
hilariousness. Yep. Laughter. Ridge Holland makes his entrance as we go to break. Now, have you noticed this trend on the episode so far where you get an entrance and then the break? Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I kind of like it. I, it's cool. It's a good idea. Like, this guy's coming. You're about to get a match. You still get the entrance. And they're, they're, there's worry. The famous Shawn Michaels wife situation where she her, her big criticism was that there's too many entrances and they're taking too long. And that's when she wants to flip the channel. So they basically cut all entrances, like, down yeah. to nothing in NXT. Yep. So I, I kind of like that they're giving guys entrances again. It is kind of an interesting idea to do. I don't mind this at all. Yep. All right. When we get to... Back from break, William Regal is interviewed. He announces that Kyle O'Reilly is out of tonight's NXT Championship match because he's not cleared, but it's still going to be a four-way with Vaughn Wagner taking his place, not Braun Breaker, who yeah. beat someone already in this match. So I get wanting to introduce numerous characters, but... Braun Breaker has a win on this show versus someone in this match. I think Braun Breaker should have taken LA Knight's spot straight up. But if you're not going to do that, how in God's name do you not put him in the match? They put Von Wagner in the match because he happened to show up and, and run off the bad guys? Is that Was was that the reason why Von Wagner got in here? Yep. So that, that's ridiculous. Von Wagner also is... His shoot name, his real name is Cal Bloom, and he is the son of, I believe it is Blake Beverly, a.k.a. Wayne Bloom. Is it Blake? Yeah. Yep. Bo. Bo Beverly. It's Bo Beverly. My bad. I love the fact that we have a second generation Beverly brother <laughs> on this show. And yet again, they just can't use their previous WWE name. Like, shouldn't he be Vaughn Beverly? Right. And I think that's... Beverly is like it's it's not better or worse than Wagner necessarily, but because of the history, I think it makes it a better name. Again, like what it like what is the issue? This is literally like oh my god! It just makes this. no sense that they hate history, even if it's their own. They just refuse to like it. You have such a beautiful, like, rich tapestry of things to tap ta- to tap into. Why would you be opposed to doing so? I just don't understand it. I don't get it. In baseball, they show highlights of old games. If you're watching the NFL, you see highlights of old fucking Super Bowls and stuff. Like, if you're watching hockey, you see, like, they have all these sports, all these entities appreciate this their is, history. Dude, this is literally like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. coming through our system and being called Vlad. Nothing else. Being called Branch Brewery or something absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> Branch like, Brankman. It's insane. Why do you not want to touch on your history? Why do you like want to ignore the fact that you have second, third generation superstars coming through your system? And like it's it's like it's like literally because Vince McMahon was called Junior a couple times as a boy and he just hates it so much. Like it makes absolutely no sense. Like embrace your history. You morons. You have such a wide, like so, so much to tap into so much to enjoy and to tell your fans that there's things like, I don't know, like how could you expect to have a future if you didn't have a, a foundation of a great past to build on? And they do, man, they do have that. So why do they hide it from us? But it's weird because it's like they pick and choose because you have Dominic Mysterio. Yeah. They're not calling him Hector Martinez. <laughs> oh, man, they absolutely could have. Holy Christ. <laughs> Anyways, this leads us to Drake Maverick versus Ridge Holland, the future of NXT 2.0. Yes, sir. Yeah, so uh, yeah, 
this was all right. Again, pretty standard WWE fare. But yeah, Ridge Holland wins with the Snowplow, a.k.a. Northern Grit, a.k.a. the Northern Lights Bomb. It was like, what, two minutes? 159 or something? 149, I believe. Yeah. It's, so, yeah, it's short match. You know, and here's the, here's the thing. Drake Maverick, great selling, clutching his mouth because every punch hurt. Yeah. So these are my takeaways from the match. Short match, Rich Holland won. How would you rate it? Uh, we're going to go average rating, Mendoza line, two and a half, turd, Ferguson's out of five, Boris. All right. Tommaso Ciampa's interview backstage, and he's asked about the changes to the title match. He says NXT 2.0 is already in chaos. Young, hungry athletes shooting their shot, and he gets that DIY mentality. But when it comes to the NXT title, you think about Tommaso Ciampa. He says it's been 908 days, and tonight he gets his redemption. I like this. I like this choice. We're going to talk more about it in the main event, but I love Tommaso Ciampa's character. I think this is a, he's exactly where he needs to be, and he's cutting awesome promos. He's doing awesome work in the ring. More of this guy. Yep. We get a diamond mine entrance as we go to break yet again. Entrance, break, entrance, break. I'm liking this trend. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I actually didn't even notice it until you pointed it out, how strong it was on the show. Yep. All right. When we come back, we get a promo for a new superstar. He seems to be of Italian-American descent. He's walking through the streets of Chicago. He calls. He's uh, He made his name as a Greco-Roman all-American amateur wrestler, but his family smartened him, smartened him up to the fact that the real money is in NXT. And his name is Tony D'Angelo. Absolutely stupid, ridiculous name. There are so many fake names you can choose. They chose Tony D'Angelo, who is an NHL player who was kind of sort of kicked out of the league for being racist. He's not really signed with an NHL team right now. He's a great young talent. His name is Tony D'Angelo, and he's not playing in the league because he's a prick. He's a racist prick. And to, to like... They're, oh, they're so stupid. Just type Tony D'Angelo into Google. Type it into Google right now. I'll, uh, you'll see what comes up. Former NHL player who's like 27 years old and should be in the league. It's ridiculous. Just give him a different name. You morons. Oh, it just, it just so, it angers me so much more. It's just so easy. These things are so easy. Type his name into Google. The Creed brothers, Brutus and Julius Creed, <laughs> go up against Dan Jarman and Trevor Skelly. All right, so last week, you praised the Creed brothers. This week, I will praise yes. the Creed brothers. These guys, I don't know what it is about them. Is it their intensity? Is it the fact that they actually look like they can beat someone up? Is it yes. the fact that they are being booked to beat these people up? It, it, all of those things. They're tag team Goldberg. They're the new Steiner brothers. They, these guys are awesome, man. This is a yet again a really good squash match. It was a little samey to the previous, but that's fine. I, I I can watch this for the next three months. I can watch these guys shit housing jobbers and jabronis. I'm here for it. But yeah, these these Creed brothers, man, they are legit. This is an awesome act. I really really enjoy these guys. Yep. So the Creed brothers win by pinfall via a falling lariat from Julius Creed on some dude. The sliding D. Yeah, on either Dan whoa, Jarman. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa. Hey, man, blame Misato Tanaka, not me. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> The sliding D on, I think, Dan Jarman. It might have been Trevor Kelly. <laughs> they slid that D in there real good. Anyway. <laughs> 
That's three what she said. and a half. We're going to go three and a half Turd Ferguson's out of five. At least a B. Uh, very good. I'm here for it. Let's see more of these guys. I'm excited to see their first real match against real opponents. Yeah. Uh, Malcolm Bivens gets the mic and he talks about how dominant Diamond Mine are. Diamond Mine are. And they had a new member. Yes. They had a female member. We didn't know who she was. Uh, but they actually took the time to introduce her, which I did appreciate. So Malcolm Bivens, as he's talking, he introduces the newest member, Ivy Nile. He asks her to flex. She shows off her considerable muscles before he claims she hasn't had a carb since 2005. And she was a star of NBC's Titan Games. Ivy Nile. So, hey, that's cool. I like the diamond mine. Every time you see these guys, the, the mine expands. It's pretty interesting. Is this group growing on you? Yes, definitely. They're growing literally and figuratively on me as well. Sliding D? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if the D is sliding yet, Boris, but they are growing on me. Oh, Lord. All right. Enter Kashida. He says they're all talk, talk, talk. Hawk. Um, he calls out Roderick Strong. He says he's ready. Bivens says the match will happen next week. Very nice to see Kashida back. I was worried he was out for a long time with COVID. We just got the announcement that he officially did have COVID despite being vaccinated, which sucked. So I thought that was going to keep him out. But I guess that was just an explanation more than a current injury situation because here he was. Yep. All right. So we see Dexter Loomis brushing his mustache. <laughs> and then... Um, here's here's what I caught because I did rewatch the show this morning. So, did you catch this last night? Uh, Vic Joseph asks Beth Phoenix about Edge. Hmm. No, I actually didn't see that. Yep. He asks, "How's Edge doing?" And she says, "He's home recuperating." Interesting. So, uh, there you go. Yeah. Little main roster tie-in. A little bit of canon, Boris. Yep. Like, isn't that kind of cool? Isn't that kind of cool? I like it a lot. Yeah. I, things that happen on this show should matter on the main roster. Exactly. All right. Pete Dunn makes his entrance as we go to break. Back from commercial, Johnny Gargano is doing some last-minute wedding preps, but this leads us into the main event, wrestling-wise, of the night, um, which featured La Knight, LA Knight, versus Pete Dunn, versus Tommaso Ciampa, versus Von Wagner. For the NXT Championship belt. Von Wagner. It's, so, uh, it, it's not as bad as Braun Brunchman or whatever this, Bruins Bronkman. Uh, <laughs> it's not as bad as Braun Breaker. But yeah, so this match was fine. I love the idea of putting the NXT title back on Tommaso Ciampa. It really seems like they want the classy, the, the all-business veteran uh, to, to be wearing that belt right now and to be kind of showing the young guys the way to do it. And I think Ciampa is a perfect choice for that role. He is so damn good. His promos are great. His matches are great. He is a leader. He, if you have if you follow Ciampa on Instagram, you see he works out like a fucking, like an absolute stallion. He's always in the gym. He's a gym rat. I think this is the exact kind of person who should be NXT champion. Great choice. Great yeah, choice. 100%. Um, you know, there was a lot of talk that Pete Dunne was going to win because it was announced yesterday that Pete Dunne signed a three-year contract with WWE personally handed to him from Triple H. Yes. I think, and we've said this before, I think Pete Dunne is gearing up for Ilya. I think that's going to be Pete Dunne's long-term program. Mm, interesting. Yes. Dunne versus Ilya, and I think he's going to win back that UK title. I think it should be noted that, yes, Tommaso Ciampa won. He did a fairy tale ending. 
um, on Von Wagner. Pinning the young gun. Yep. 10 minutes, 35 seconds, I believe it went. Yep. Yep. Overall, pretty good match. Yeah. Yeah, perfectly fine. I would go as high as uh, three and a half, we'll say. I actually do think that my favorite thing on the show was the Creed Brothers, but I think this was still a pretty good world title match. We're going to go three and a half Turd Ferguson's out of five. 70%. It's a B in Canada. Boris. Yep. Yep. All right. Let's move on. We get a video package for the Index Wedding. It covers the entire history of the relationship. And I got to say, this was interesting. It was well done because it's NXT. At least they still have their video packages. Yeah. Um, still on know, point. On point. Thank you. We were watching this show with a non-wrestling fan. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I tied, he, tied a few on. Yeah. And he loved this. It was interesting to see how much he actually did enjoy this. He thought, yeah, I mean, it was cheesy and stupid, and he did laugh at it, not necessarily with it all the time, but at the end of the day, he was sports entertained, Boris. And we're going to talk about this at the end of the show, because it's. I talked to him this morning, and there's some very interesting insights, because like we're so into this, right? Deep in the bubble. Deep in the bubble. So we're, we're, doing, gonna... we're doing a podcast about WWE's developmental league, buddy. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I think it just hit you, maybe, just now. <laughs> it really just did. How deep in the bubble we are. <laughs> it really just did. This is like us literally talking about the Buffalo Bison. <laughs> exactly right. Triple A pro wrestling, buddy. AHL wrestling. I'm oh, here for it. God, we're such nerds. <laughs> All right, guests are fouling in. The ring crew's building the wedding set back from commercial. The wedding is in place. Johnny Gargano walks in the heart. Well, man, this made me laugh. I don't know why this made me laugh so much. Like, Johnny Gargano with that, like, just that shit-eating grin he's, on his face. He, he's become proud papa at this moment. I actually loved it, too, yeah. Gargano's got so much personality. It's it's shocking how good he was as a heel. And now I guess he's officially a baby face again. But yeah. he's still this cheesy, goofball character. All right, so, the priest starts. We get their full names. Dexter Gaylord Loomis. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> and Indy Ophelia Hurtwell. Kind of like it. Yeah. He asks who gives Indy away. Johnny says he does before panicking. He double checks with Hartwell to make sure she still wants to get married. Um, they had this bit where Austin Theory actually didn't have the rings. Um, and but then... You should have it, them, Boris. But the great Ikamanjiro, who was in full wrestling gear. <laughs> well, but to be fair, his wrestling gear is a, is a nice sports coat anyway, so it makes sense. Uh, this coat was probably like a it was a pretty average Ikaman coat, six and a half on the Agnew scale out of ten. I love that. Um, Theory says Jiro is his guy, and Johnny takes the rings from him. Priest does the objection bit, and I love that almost everyone raised their hands at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Only to have Dexter Gaylord Loomis half open his jacket to reveal an axe and everyone quickly sits down. <laughs> that part did actually made me make me giggle. I'm giggling about it right now. That was Same the best here. that was the best part of this wedding by yep. far. Then it was time for the vows. Indy goes first. She talked about how people mis misunderstand Loomis. Uh they see him as a creep, but she sees a caring man. Um she talks about Dexter sneaking into her bed before he shushes her. 
Like, this is where the, the, the stuff starts going out. A little kind of, iffy. Not the message necessarily that you want to be putting out to a, to the public. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but yeah. it, I, it's the story. It's it's whatever. It is what it is. It's it's far from the most offensive pro wrestling wedding, as we'll get into in a little bit, buddy. Exactly. Dexter Loomis time. His vows consist of a thumb up. <laughs> I really enjoyed this. I am stealing this. <laughs> I, I when you, you might, attend my <laughs> wedding, uh, that uh, this is happening. I might also be attending your divorce <laughs> on the same day. <laughs> can you imagine? I actually can. If you just hit her with the thumbs up, I think I can imagine. Yeah, I think I can, buddy. I meant me actually doing the thumb up. <laughs> I, I can imagine that too, sadly. <laughs> you can't. Anyways. Um, yeah, the priest is baffled. He criticizes him for not saying anything. Uh, priest gets choked out by Dexter Loomis. Everyone is calling for William Regal. William Regal seems like he wants nothing to do with this, <laughs> both in story and in real life. Yeah, I, I believe that was a shoot look of disgust and confusion. <laughs> yep. And then Beth Phoenix steps up to the altar. She says she was afraid something like this would happen. So the night before she went online, got ordained as a minister. Um, they each do their, you know, the I do's. Um, and uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they played this pretty straight. Shockingly so. No heel turn for Dexter. No big turn by Johnny. No shocking uh, debut. No sting coming down from the rafters. Nothing. Nothing crazy. And we even got Dexter Loomis saying, I do into his mic, which got a huge pop from the Nextras. Absolutely. That was that was the payoff. That was the entire thing. Is Dexter finally going to speak? And, of course, buddy, he said the words, I do. So, yep. He just, should, he just should have oh, done it like the Ultimate Warrior when Sherry was begging for the... Hell no! Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was expecting. <laughs> Royal Rumble 91. Quite Ultimate Warrior. Quite the twist for the Dexter Loomis character it would have been. The but Ultimate yeah. Loomis. Beth Phoenix pronounces dumb husband wife. They kiss. Loomis sweeps Hartwell off her feet. And as this is going, we get a cut... Um, to the monitor backstage, Tommaso Ciampa, he's watching with Goldie, hugging Goldie, and then Braun Breaker comes in, congratulates him, um, and they talk about, oh, you know, they're just, just congratulating each other, but Braun has his eyes on Goldie. Pretty interesting, man. I, uh, I'm pretty, pretty surprised by that. Um, why not just put him in the match? You didn't have to beat him. You could uh, actually. We said that Von Wagner was beaten. I think Chapa pinned L.A. Knight. I think L.A. Knight did the double job on this show. Quite possibly. Yeah. A- anyway, so I don't think I don't. I think you could have definitely thrown Braun into the match, uh, to the Fatal Four Way. But 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 if this is going to be the direction. Uh, that's cool. But yeah, I, I don't know. This uh, cheesy little like, oh, shaking hands and there's respect, but you know there's going to be trouble brewing. Eh, it's fine. It's far from the most offensive thing on the show. Yeah, Braun Breaker. Braun effing Breaker. So what did you think of NXT 2.0, buddy? I have so many mixed feelings. Look, it's developmental. We're talking about the AAA of WWE at this point. It was what it was, honestly. It wasn't the worst thing. I've seen a lot worse. Yeah. I've seen a lot better. I've seen a lot worse from this company this week. So, yeah, I'm I'm not uh, terribly offended. But it's it's going to be it, the the NXT we knew and loved is 
dead deep, deep in the ground. Yeah, unfortunately. That was my major takeaway. The NXT we loved, the NXT that stole the show every pay-per-view weekend, the NXT that, how many weeks were we saying NXT was better than AEW Dynamite? More than, like, more than you would think. It definitely wasn't a blowout, a sweep. It was, it was pretty competitive there. It oftentimes had the best match or promo, one of the two. Um, man... It's just, I am more, the TV show is whatever. I think it'll be fun to like kind of look back and laugh at it here and there and see like the Creed brothers smashing people. That'll be cool. I'm not worried about the TV show too much. I am worried about the takeovers as we've kind of touched on. Those, it'll be sad if they crush that brand, man, because those are still so reliable. Just you're going to get a good wrestling show with good matches and no bullshit. And I'm very scared about that. You know what I can honestly see? I can see them renaming TakeOver. Could you imagine? Well, maybe. Because just think of the word TakeOver. I, yeah, I I, I think it still works. You know, I, 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 I know what you mean, though. It's uh, if they want to, hey, if they want to do that main roster, that canon takeover could still be a good name, right? I don't know, possibly. All right, we're all about gimmicks in NXT 2.0 and on NXT Talk. So we had a gimmick yes, brought sir. to us by our minds last week, <laughs> and it was the top five wrestling weddings. Yeah, so we're gonna go WWE weddings because there have been other weddings as well in other companies. But I do think like WCW, TNA, all these other weddings largely have been awful. So I do think these are probably the top five of all time. Um, so we're gonna go just uh, counting down from five to one. Number five, SummerSlam. 1991, Randy Savage, Elizabeth Wedding. That is August 26, 1991. The most straight-up, straightforward pro wrestling wedding, but you couldn't make this list without including it, you know? But yeah, no twists on it, no turns. Uh, even more, like, played straight than this one, which was very, very straight that we just saw. Uh, <laughs> number four, speaking of straight, Billy and Chuck Wedding. <laughs> Featuring, featuring Eric Bischoff. So this was pretty bad for a number of reports. What you, what? You're going to make that joke, and you're not going to include what I think should be number one on the list. All right, we're going to talk about this. <laughs> I think I think this was all about the twist with Eric Bischoff. This was pretty bad. It was a huge cop-out to build Billy and Chuck as like a gay couple and to try to even be somewhat progressive about it in by 2002 standards, only to actually, at the wedding, have them go, well, this is just a publicity stunt. Not that there's anything wrong wrong with being gay but it was just a very big cop-out but this is on this list for the one reason of eric bischoff wearing old man mask and makeup uh becoming this weird uh minister character and then all of a sudden flipping the switch three minute warning comes out they lay out billy they lay out chuck they lay out stephanie mcmahon in this wedding this was the the twist on this is one of the all-time best twists in pro wrestling honestly at least in wwe i love the fact that this isn't our first three minute warning reference (laughs) We love three-minute warning around here. We're big husky gentlemen, Boris. How could you not? Number three, Kane and Lita wedding. WWE Raw. That is from 2004, August 23rd. Man, we're old. Yeah, it's been it's been a minute, man. So yeah, uh, Lita had a couple weddings. She also married Edge on WWE TV. I think this one was superior. I really laughed hard at Kane's uh, Kane's entrance theme, which was like his real theme being played on the cello. It was just great, just just really good stuff. And yeah, 
Matt Hardy comes in for the save. Kane lays him out with an awesome choke slam off of the ramp through a couple tables and then carries off Lita. The, the vows were good. Kane's performance here is like all-time Hall of Fame stuff. This is this is a good wedding segment. Kane and Lita. Number two, from November 29, 1999, Stephanie McMahon and Test Marriage featuring Triple H. I can't rank it number one because, boy, it's, <laughs> it doesn't age well. You couldn't do this segment today, you know? But it was very entertaining. It was very, very memorable. It basically led WWE down the path that we're still following today, buddy. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Can you imagine if their kids were to ever watch this segment. Oh, my God, no. I'm sure they will eventually see it, but no, I can't imagine what that's going to be like at all. Especially, like, when they do see it 10, 15 years from now. <laughs> you know what I right? mean? Could you imagine what the reaction's going to be then? And the number one professional wrestling wedding of all time, my favorite, the best, AJ Lee and Daniel Bryan from WWE Raw 1000, the thousandth episode of Raw, July 23rd, 2012. I think this had everything that you need in a pro wrestling wedding. It had a good twist with Vince McMahon coming out, and uh, it led to AJ Lee being the GM, which was an actual huge thing in storyline that mattered for months. This was very entertaining. We got cameos. Uh, slick, if you will. Uh, and yeah, man, this was very, very good. Uh, I think this is the best pro wrestling wedding, and you can actually show it to a human being and not be embarrassed, not be, you know, promoting rape and such. So, hey, <laughs> that's a plus. Jesus, professional wrestling. <laughs> a disgusting and terrible business, but the AJ Lee and Daniel Bryan wedding, the best wedding in WWE history. Yep. All right. Dexter and Indy did not make the top five. No. <laughs> No, sir. All right. So there you go. Those are the top five weddings because we love a gimmick here on NXT Talk. And without further ado, it is time for NXT Corner. NXT UK Corner. Some may remember this theme song as the Allied Powers. Some may remember this theme song as NXT UK Corner because every week we love talking about NXT UK because for Matt and I, it is the best hour of WWE TV a week. Love that theme song. Makes me happy hearing that now. It reminds me of this great brand, WWE NXT UK. Uh... Man, do you think this NXT 2.0 influence is going to uh, cross over the pond here? <laughs> you know, we should have this conversation at length at some point, and I think it won't. Because okay. remember, the whole idea of NXT UK was basically to dis, like, just absolutely destroy the indie scene. Dismantle, dismember. Yes. And it did. Yeah, it did. And it did. Successfully. <laughs> yeah. So... You know, we've seen a lot of changes in NXT. We've seen a lot of changes in NXT, you, um, like, uh, stateside. But I, I honestly believe that because the indie scene is essentially destroyed, they're going to want to keep their firm grip on it. Hence, therefore, NXT UK will stick around. NXT UK won't change. But... Stranger things have happened. Maybe Vince doesn't even know about NXT UK. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, yeah, I'm sure, I'm positive he's not watching and barely has ever. How can you not watch Isla Dawn? <laughs> 
There's some, uh, there's some awesome performers in NXT UK. This is, like we say, man, every week, this is the best hour of TV that WWE produces, at least in terms of wrestling. Some of the documentaries on the WWE Network are actually unbelievable. But in terms of a wrestling show, this is by far the best thing they do. Yep, so we're going to be talking NXT UK from September 9th, 2021 from the BT Studios in London, England. Your commentators are Nigel McGuinness and Andy Shepard. I like Andy. He's grown on me a lot. Yeah. I think so. He's better than Vic, Vic Joseph, who is actually also pretty good. He's grown on me, too. I don't like Vic Joseph. You know why. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly why. You don't like Vic Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to do with his commentary. Just outright rage and jealousy. Anyway. <laughs> All right, so this episode was weird because the main event was a director's cut. Of the Ilya Dragunov versus Walter match from TakeOver 36. Yeah, we keep saying director's cut. It wasn't billed as that, but it was very much that. It was like, yeah, it was like a behind-the-scenes look with different interviews from different wrestlers who were watching and enjoying that match greatly. I think you can't do this every week, and I didn't even watch it day of. I stopped NXT UK because I'd just seen a lot about this match. I was kind of like, you know what, I'm good. I've, I've had my fill of this. But we, we had to watch it for the podcast. So after we wrapped up NXT stateside, we watched this and then attempted to record before the power went out seven times. But yeah, anyway, this was amazing, man, this main event thing. We'll get into it. But yeah, you can't do it every week, but I really love this. And yep. I'm convinced this was the best match of the year after watching that. All right, so... Heritage Cup kicked it off at least the number one contenders tournament first round. Sam Gradwell versus Wolfgang. All right. I really, really like this. It was arm versus ribs. Yeah. This told a great story. Big hoss battle. And that's why I love these Heritage Cup matches, man, because they give you an opportunity. If this was just a Gradwell versus Wolfgang match that went 11 minutes, might be a little rough. But because of the rounds, because of the two out of three, they really had some things to play with. And this became a great match, man. A great, a strong, but very, very, very good match. And these Heritage Cup matches never fail. They it, really they're don't. always good. They really don't. Like, seriously, they're, they're it's so well. You know what it is? It's because it's different. It's because you can tell such a fascinating story there, round by round. There's so many different twists and turns. The round by round coupled with the two out of three is just, it's so perfect. There's so many different things you can do. They haven't even scratched the surface of, like, draws. They haven't really touched on, like, two straight falls in two rounds, blowout victories. There's so many different twists and turns they can do with this thing. Like, it's so cool and new and fresh, and very few things are in WWE. Yep. All right, so, um, like I said, it was arms versus ribs. The ribs gave out on a fireman's carry, and Wolfgang speared um, uh, Sam Gradwell for the win at 11 minutes and 47 seconds. And he's off to the semis. Yes, sir. So, yeah, Wolfgang to the semifinals in this tournament. Not surprising in the least, the in the result, I don't think. But, yeah, what was surprising is how good this match really was. I would go at least three and a half. I might be underrating it at that mark. But we're going to go three and a half supernovas out of five. 70% crumpet percentage. It's a safe B. Yep. So, th these are your semifinals. And, dude, I am, like, looking at this one match, I think we're torn. Ah, oh, man. On NXT talk. Very excited to see it, though. Noem Dar versus Kenny Williams. Heel versus heel. Two Scottish assholes. I can't wait. It's going to be like Shawn Michaels versus uh, Rick the Model at SummerSlam. 
Love it. And then Wolfgang versus Teoman. Interesting match there as well. Very yeah. interesting. Yeah. Teoman versus because he's been kind of bullying the the smaller guys, but now he's in there with a big old bully himself. So we're yep. gonna see. And unfortunately, I don't think we're gonna get heel v heel. So it's gonna be Wolfgang versus Noam Dar or Kenny Williams in the finals. Wouldn't shock me to see Kenny get that win. But I I, I have no idea what's going to happen in that heel versus heel, Noam versus Kenny match. I'm actually so excited. Again, something fresh and unique and two super talented performers. Yep. All right. We get a look at the Blair Davenport beatdown from or to Nina Samuels from the previous week. Um, Sid Scala announces that Davenport has been indefinitely suspended. Uh, we get a video of Noam Dar versus Kenny Williams in the Heritage Cup tournament for next week. I love this. Let's just briefly talk about how skeevy both of these guys were, and they were trying to out-heel each other, out-skeeve each other. Man, it's such a cool dynamic. Heel versus heel is something you just don't often see in wrestling. You see it so much like less frequently than babyface versus babyface. Yep. And then the match I'm looking forward to is my boys, pretty deadly. Yes. They're going to be defending their tag titles against the Coffee Bros next week. It was the Coffee Bros uh, officially, right? So yep. they said Gallus, but I, I wasn't sure if it was spe- specified because Wolfgang's in the tournament. It is going to be the Coffee Bros. Yep. yep. Gotcha. All right. So Gallus is excited um, and they scare your boy, Jordan Devlin. <laughs> Man, he's growing on me. Jordan Devlin was awesome here. I have to be fair. I can't just put my head in the sand. He was great in this segment, man. He really was. He was. I love it. <laughs> I love just like just seeing how you have to acknowledge have the to, head man. of the NXT UK table. <laughs> hey, man, he came, he came out wearing a bathrobe, getting a massage, and he was he was willing to be the heel, to be a shithead. Like, when he was pushed into the door, he sold his neck because he was getting a massage. He was sore. I just, uh, man, that was great. Uh, Jordan Devlin has grown on me a lot. He's, he's doing really well. Right. And then this leads us to at least a match-wise main event, which was Ashton Smith, Oliver Carter, and Saxon Huxley versus Symbiosis. Primate, T-Bone, and Eddie Dennis. Yep, yep. Short match also. Yeah, absolutely. Only I mean, went nine minutes. Nine minutes for a six-man tag. Yeah, I thought this was, uh, you know, this was fine. It was, uh, the, the thing with, like, trios matches at this point in, in wrestling is you almost expect, like, a crazy, crazy stunt fest because the vast majority are. So when you get, like, a straight-up tag like this, it feels... More mundane than it actually is, you know. Like it, it feels like you're you're almost expecting too much from six man tags these days, or at least personally, I am. Yep. All right. So uh, Ashton Smith, Oliver Carter, Saxon Huxley ended up winning. Like we said, at nine minutes, this was okay overall for a six man tag, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, you know. It, it, it was your regular trios match. Exactly. Nothing nothing like particularly wrong with it, but nothing that really stood out in my mind. We're going to give it the old Mendoza line label. It's two and a half supernovas out of five. 50% right on the line. All right. Stevie Turner is ready to beat Michael Setamora for the women's title, but Emilia McKenzie comes in and says she'll be facing Turner first. I like Stevie Turner. Or is it Stevie Turner or Stevie Tyler? Stevie Turner. I think I thought it was Tyler. Uh, maybe okay it's Stevie Turner I, either way I like her and I, this is a pretty interesting little match uh, Stevie versus Amelia I, I'm for it yep uh, pretty deadly they're talking about and, and kind of reminiscing of when no one thought they could beat Gallus until they did now it's time to do it again alright 
I love these pretty deadly promos with with the with the eighties the cheesy eighties music behind them, the hair flowing in the wind. These guys are great. Like, dude, like I've said it many times. This is what Brizango should have been. I I thought Brizango was Brizango. I thought Brizango was doing what they should have been doing. But your uh, your anti Brizango stance has been clear for some time. <laughs> Very true. Very true. But. Yeah, Pretty Deadly is just so good, just so good. Um, all right, so here it is, the Director's Cut UK title from TakeOver 36, Walter versus Ilya Dragunov. Five and a quarter stars given by the great Dave Meltzer. Five stars given by the great NXT Talk Podcast. Now we ain't so great. We're hanging in there. We're doing okay, Boris. But you know what, man? This match convinced me, as I've said previously, or this this segment convinced me that this match is the best match I've seen all year. I was kind of wavering, waffling between this and the big stardom uh, match that went 45 minutes and was a draw. The, the, also five stars. But I think this was better, man. And having so many talented wrestlers explain to you in great detail why this match was so awesome is just it's such you know, a great idea. You know who my favorite was? Finn Balor, he looks so jealous. Yeah, did he ever? He just, yeah, green with envy, the demon was on this evening. Like, he looks so jealous watching this match thing. That could have been me. Pulling his best Dolph Ziggler impression. (laughs) It should have been me. Oh, man, that's funny. But yeah, we we saw Rhea Ripley, we saw Cesaro, we saw Sheamus, we saw Finn Balor. Who else? Uh, Ilya Dragunov himself. Of course, Ilya Dragunov himself comment on this and yeah all adding insights all telling you like why this match was so good what exactly was happening at this moment Ilya telling you how it felt to be chopped to have the soul chopped out of him this was I I was I'd hit my fill with this match I didn't need to see anymore and then I watched this and I was so glad I watched it I would recommend everyone watch this segment go find it I'm sure they'll put it online like I mentioned earlier we watched this with a non-wrestling fan Dude, my buddy Tommy was so impressed with this match. Absolutely. And he could see, like, it was cool because he could see the difference between, like, the bullshit we were watching on NXT 2.0 and this genius, perfect level professional wrestling art. Did you see his face cringe with every chop? It's it's crazy. Well, rightfully so. These guys beat the piss out of each other, Boris. Like, it's like, what? This is why I love watching wrestling sometimes when it's not embarrassing. With non-wrestling fans. Um, yes, exactly. And oftentimes it is embarrassing. The number two wedding of all time was Stephanie Triple H and uh, Test. Uh, oftentimes wrestling is embarrassing. I'm going to show that to my lady friend later. <laughs> I'm joking. I am joking. Yeah, you probably shouldn't. <laughs> but yeah, man, this is there's nothing embarrassing about this. This is art. This is just pure art. This is, uh, this is a, a fight scene that went, you know, 30 minutes and it was just absolutely brilliant and yep. beautiful. Yeah, no, it was fantastic. I really enjoyed this. And like I said, having said that, I hope this is the last time we see this match for a very long time. I'm ready to I'm the, the book has now been closed. I was I was I had my fill before this. And this was so good that you know what? I'll take another bowl. Sure. Sprinkle it all over my pancakes in the morning, but I don't want it again. I'm done with it. <laughs> all right. There you go. That was NXT UK from this week. A really weird show, um, but it was still fun. I I enjoyed it. Yeah, I really liked it too. I think before we go, we should briefly talk about the uh, women's title match that was advertised and not delivered on NXT. That's exactly where I was going to go with this. Uh, Perfect. How mad are you about no Frankie versus Raquel? I wanted that more than the Fatal 4-Way. I was so excited for that match. My homegirl Raquel. This is a... Okay, one thing is cutting a a regular match. Yeah. I don't even want to talk 
about the Zelina Vega cut. Yeah. Because that's some different level of bullshit. Yeah, that's literally just, like, they literally were just like, oh, she's going to get a huge reaction. Let's make sure that that doesn't happen. So, that's one thing. Now, another thing is cutting a regular match, you know, Tony Storm versus Tegan Knox or something, right? Yeah. Now, this is your NXT Women's Championship match. Shoot an angle if you're going to cut it. Yeah. Just shoot an angle. Yeah. Frankie attacks Raquel or, or you know, like, or Raquel, Raquel goes backstage and runs into one of Frankie's goofballs and Frankie pulls out of the match in uh, protest. Like, shoot some kind of angle. Something. But there was zero mention in fact, and we didn't talk about this in the uh, analysis portion. All we got was a Raquel Gonzalez promo, which I, I'm pretty sure was going to air regardless. No, a million percent. Absolutely would have. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it's just, oh, man, WWE doesn't seem to care about false advertising. And I think that's a big mistake because AEW is very careful to, you know, dot all their I's and cross all their T's and always, I unless it's Minoru Suzuki's entrance, always deliver what they promise. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> I love how that's become, like, the biggest controversy of AEW. Man, I, well, that, exactly. It's a small problem, and it's good that that's their biggest problem, but it was egregiously bad. It was proof to me that Tony Khan doesn't watch N- NJPW at all. That's not a mistake you'd make if you've seen more than two shows. To me, it's proof, proof to me that Tony Khan is taking on too much. But... million percent. But... That's neither here nor there. You cut a championship match. With no notes, no news, no reason for cutting it, you advertised a world title match and didn't deliver. So they're already telling you... NXT 2.0 is already telling you that they don't give a shit about what they advertise. They don't. They they don't have to. Their word is not bond. Their word means nothing, and you shouldn't pay attention or listen to them or trust them at all. There you go. What else can we say? Sucks. But that's that's that Kevin Dunn, Bruce Pritchard. Nothing matters. Just content, 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 content. It, it nobody will even notice because we'll hit them in the face with more content. You know what I mean? That's the strategy in WWE. That, that's where we're at with NXT 2.0. All right. Anything else you want to cover before we go? Oh, we got the top five in. We got uh, both NXT shows. No, I, I think we're good. I, let's close with the uh, Norm MacDonald bit. I'll uh, splice in one of my all-time favorites, the moth joke. It's got to do it. All right. But before we go, we have to talk about the other shows that you get on the Patreon feed. Because if you are listening to this on the free feed, we want you to go to the patreon.com slash Enemy Radio. Sign up. You get this show and many other shows. And over the next several weeks, you're going to get a preview of what is on the Patreon feed. You will get one free show a week. And uh, yeah, that's 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 like exciting times, man. Like I said, we got with the whole squad rolling. We got a good team right now. And uh, yeah, free shows every week. And Sign up for Patreon and, and you get a show every single day, buddy. Exactly, because on Tuesdays, you get the midweek market with Jason Agnew and um, Mark Andrada. They talk about their lives and eventually Raw. On on uh, Wednesdays, you typically get NXT talk yeah. where we talk NXT 2.0. Barring tornado warnings in Toronto, but we know we're still getting it out on Wednesday, baby. Yep. So you, we talk about NXT 2.0, NXT UK, and other stuff on uh, Thursdays. You'd get 
BAM Weekly. That's Boris and Matt. We're back on on um, on Thursdays, and this is the catch-all show, the safety net, so to speak, of all the other shows because we talk AW, we talk WWE, we show some love to everyone else on bam and we sometimes we crack a few beers talk about our own lives that's that's more of the uh shit show show <laughs> this is slightly more professional we try yeah, sometimes <laughs> sometimes sometimes and then on uh friday you typically get the old fucks dan lavransky joe aguinaldo they talk about aew dynamite and then saturday is typically a special day because you get not one but two podcasts you get the smack daddies the east coast dads talking about smackdown and you also get the old fucks back talking about Rampage. Yes, shout out to Brad the Dad on the main show. That was a nice appearance by uh, Mr. Bradley the Dadley. And um, uh, yeah, I, I believe I'm going to be filling in on the Rampage show for Mr. Mouth this week. I think yep. it's going to be me and Joe on the yep. Rampage show Saturday morning. He's going to be rampaging about something, all right. And then wow. every Sunday before it hits terrestrial radio, you as a patron get... SNME Sunday night's main event every week the weekly show the syndicated show from Jason Agnew you get it early if you're a patron this these and much more are reasons why you should join the patron patreon.com slash SNME radio ballergear.ca you get all of the SNME radio merch you get NXT talk merch you get merch man merch out of the out of the gazoos right now <laughs> Coming out the yin-yang, Boris. It's crazy. I love it. I absolutely love it. I'm excited to get the new NXT Talk merch cooking up. It's in the lab, Boris. It's in the lab right now. It really is. All right. So, without further ado, we're going to hit and we're going to splice in some Norm MacDonald for you. Yeah, one more time. Just an absolute legend, a genius, quintessential Canadian. Uh, We love you, Norm. Uh, Man, I'm actually tearing up right now. I can't believe he's gone. Rest in peace. Yeah, it's crazy. The show is NXT Talk. He's Matt. I'm Boris. Good night. material comes uh, from the, from the news is that right you know no, some you, of my material comes my strongest material comes from real life real life like for instance today i was driving in a, a car mm-hmm. you were kind enough to bring a car to bring this old chunk of coal here to the studio <laughs> we send we send cars for our guests yes. yeah so i got in it and that's i you know i get material that way so my driver, what do you mean what, what, how do you get material that way you get in the car and what happens uh, my driver tells me a joke <laughs> The driver we sent to pick you up told you a joke. Yeah. And you're going to tell it now on the show. Yeah, that's how I get a lot of my material. <laughs> okay. Why don't we just have him on next time? Uh, that guy. You, no, that guy. No, wait till you hear me do it. <laughs> so the guy, he goes, uh, uh-huh. he, uh, I say, uh, I'll be the guy. Okay. Uh, a moth. <laughs> a moth goes into a podiatrist's office. A moth goes into a podiatrist's office. Right. You are correct. A moth goes into a podiatrist's office, mm-hmm. and uh, the podiatrist's office says, what's the problem? And the moth says, what's the problem? 
where do I begin, man? He goes, I go to work for uh, Gregory Olinovich, and uh, all day long I work. <laughs> Honestly, Doc, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. I don't even know if Gregory Olinovich knows. He only knows that he has power over me, and that seems to bring him happiness. But I don't know. I wake up in a malaise, and I, I walk here and there. And the podiatrist says, oh, yeah? And the moth goes, yes. And he goes, uh, at night, I, I sometimes wake up, and I turn to some old lady in my bed that's on my arm, a lady that I once loved, Doc. I don't know where to turn to. My youngest, Alexandria, she, she fell in the, in, the, in the cold of last year. Mm -hmm. The cold took her down, as it did many of us. <laughs> and my other boy, <laughs> and this is the hardest pill to swallow, Doc. My other boy, Gregaro. Ivan <laughs> I no longer love him. <laughs> as much as it pains me to say, when I look in his eyes, all I see is the same cowardice that I, that I catch when I take a glimpse of my own face in the mirror. <laughs> if only the cowardice was stronger, then perhaps... <laughs> Perhaps I could bring myself to reach over to that cocked and loaded gun that lays on the bedside behind me. And in this hellish facade once How long a drive was this? <laughs> do you live in the valley? Where do you live? Please, sorry. He says, Doc. Sometimes I feel like a spider, even though I'm a moth just barely hanging on to my web with an everlasting fire underneath me. I'm not feeling good. And so the, moss, the, the doctor says, Moth, man, you're troubled. But you should be seeing a psychiatrist. Why on earth did you come here? And then the moth said, because the light was on. Congratulations to anyone who stuck it through to the end. <laughs> so, so Norm. What? <laughs> we're pretty much out of time. I. No. Well, listen, uh, it's over. What's that? Do it. Oh, we have. A, I understand you've been you've been pitching television shows.